What is up everyone, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode, I just have a couple quick announcements. First off, thank you for tuning in. The support on the podcast so far has been amazing. We're super excited about the community that we're building here with Move Local. So we cannot wait to continue to grow and meet more amazing people. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, head over there and follow us, move.local, as well as sign up for our newsletter if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any new releases of episodes, of merchandise, of exciting news that we have coming up for the Move Local community. Head over there, sign up so you do not miss out. You can find that in the bio on Instagram or in the show notes below of this episode. And then lastly, guys, if you've liked or took value from any one of our episodes so far, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you consume your podcast. Subscribe to Move Local and drop us a review and a rating. It really helps our podcast grow. It helps us get good feedback from you guys, what you want to hear more of, what you want us to improve on, so that we can continue to provide you with the best content possible and grow this amazing community. That is all I have for today. Enjoy this episode of Move Local. Welcome to the Move Local podcast. Our mission is to connect the movers and shakers of the Duntas and Hamilton area who pride themselves on growing a healthier and more connected community. We will do this through having conversations around health, education, entrepreneurship, and much more. We want to be part of helping you move confident, move free, and move local. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Move Local podcast brought to you by The Movement. My name is Dalton, and alongside me today is my co-host, Dee. Hello, hello. How are we doing? Good, how are you? If you guys aren't familiar with this amazing voice, Dee is one of our dietitians here at The Movement. She has been on The Move Local podcast before. Once before, and I loved it. And she crushed it. We did a little interview, and you got to learn all her secrets, one being that she was in a band. Wow, I can't believe you remember that. I got a good memory. <laughs> um, but we do have a guest on the show today. I'm super excited to have Fraser Fitzgerald on the podcast. He's also known as Fraser Cooks on social media. He's a vegan chef and the owner of No Bones Kitchen. Fraser, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How's your day going so far? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty busy, but good. Yeah, I know we are talking. You're like, it's never not busy, which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did an event last night at Fairweather oh, yeah. and, uh, it was the first one of the season and we're doing them every Thursday night. Okay. Um, and it was just like slammed busy cause they had $5 beers. Oh yeah. yeah. So they had to pair it. What'd you guys have going on there? Uh, we just did like kind of a continuation of what we do at our market stall. We just did like subs and like chips and dip and stuff like that. Which is like perfect for, for beer. Yeah. Yeah. For pints. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to dive into all that stuff, but before we get there, obviously like food is a big part of what you're doing now. Has food always been a big part of who you are or is that something that you've kind of picked up along the way or more recently? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, I was like the kind of kid that like my parents were always like, Oh, you eat so many vegetables. Um, but at the same time, like had no interest in cooking. Like I loved like white craft dinner chicken fingers and like just smoked meat like a schwartz deli sandwich um that was it until i was like 20 and then uh watched a couple documentaries about like sorry about factory farming and uh just like kind of made my mind to go vegetarian um and then once i went vegetarian i was like well shit i gotta like learn how to like cook like i don't know how to cook so Mm -hmm. um 
so yeah and i was living on my own like at university so i was like well i don't know what to do so i just figured out how to cook and then was really into it and then once i graduated still kind of really into cooking but never really worked in any restaurants or anything and then long story short i got fired from a job i was, I was working in renewable energy um and uh yeah i got fired and it was my first time getting fired and it sucked and it was like august like early august and uh, i didn't know what to do and my mom was like well you get another sales job but then like you might be in the same place in like a year like you know lost again um so i was like fuck it i'm gonna go back to school again and like i went to culinary school in toronto at george brown this was like uh 2015 i think um and then started working in kitchens while i was in school and that really helped me like hone my skills like Going to culinary school is one thing, but like being in this pressure of a kitchen is like a whole nother level of like, all right, I'm going to learn how to do this like a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And kind of once I took that leap, but once I went back to school, I decided like, I'm going to like fully immerse myself in this. Like when I was in high school and even like university and college, I was like the kind of kid that would like never go to like any extracurricular things. I was just like, I just want to play guitar and uh, like hang out with my friends. But now I went back to school. I was like, I got to make the most of this. So I like stayed after class, came early, volunteered for like anything and um, really like put myself out there. And I just made that decision. Like once I changed careers, I was like, this is what I'm going to do for like forever now. Um, So yeah, it's been like uh, eight years now, seven, eight years of like working in food. And uh, every day I think about going back, but I keep going. (laughs) Would you say that getting fired was almost like a... A blessing in disguise and would you say that this is your passion yeah definitely yeah cool um yeah i made the transition to like plant-based or like vegan when i was in culinary school which is kind of intense but uh yeah like plant-based food is like all i care about is like showing people how to cook and eat more plants like i don't care what your diet is like i just want you to you know put some more vegetables on your plate and uh yeah definitely my passion Mm -hmm. i can definitely get behind that Eat those veggies. Yeah. <laughs> Dee's always telling us to eat our veggies, so. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And the one thing that uh, I feel like we have talked to a lot of, like, plant-based um, advocates lately, like, we had Nourish um, Cooking Co. on, which is, like, a local company that is, like, plant-based, teaching kids how to cook. Um, I just interviewed um, Bailey and Shelby. They own Lettuce Live in Brantford, and they're also plant-based. So I feel like I've been talking to a lot of people, and what I've come to realize is, there's ways that you can really make this food good and delicious that I don't think many people know about. For sure, yeah. Um, and yeah, with the No Bones Kitchen, we recently rebranded from that Planted Fork. Um, and yeah, with No Bones, we're just like, we're just trying to make food that like, I don't know, I was a big like Mr. Sub fan when I was a kid. Um, still am, but like, they don't have anything I can eat. So, uh, but I just love sandwiches and like, yeah, I just want food that like, anyone can love to eat but it just necessarily has to be plant-based like it's just like oh this doesn't have meat but like who cares you know mm-hmm. yeah and then with the with the Fraser Cooks thing that's more about like education and trying to show people that like you know cooking at home is actually pretty easy and like it's not your fault like y- if you don't work in food or you don't have a parent or someone in your life that like kind of guided you how to cook like you don't know so it's, it's not your fault you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. no it's a massive thing the education and I do want to talk a little bit about that but let's go back to you know you you make this transition to wanting to cook that's like your passion you start to do the plant-based stuff now what made you or what 
yeah, what made you take that jump into entrepreneurship? Because that's a whole nother realm, right? Like working in a kitchen and working for someone else is one thing, but going out on your own and trying to create your own, um, you know, mission and vision and all that kind of stuff is, is another thing. So how did that come along? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm kind of like with a, I'm from a family of like entrepreneurs, like my dad's an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. And my brother's an entrepreneur, very successful. Um, so I've kind of always been surrounded by that. Uh, and I always knew like the line cook life, like was never really for me. Like that's cool if that's for some people, but it's not where I see myself in 30 years, you know? Um, so I always saw myself as like stepping away from that and figuring something out within the food world. Um, and honestly, like a lot of it comes from a fact that like none of, no one would hire me. Like I would go, I really wanted to work at like Chef's Plate and like HelloFresh for like a really long time. And even like I had interviews at like President's Choice to like work on their product development line. And like that's where I saw myself. And like no one would hire me because I was, I don't know why, but I think it was because I was like strictly plant-based. And like the company would be like, well, you have to work with cheese today. And I was like, well, I don't eat cheese. So, you know, that, that could be a reason, but I don't know. Um, so then when I just kept getting rejected, it was like, well, I don't want to be a line cook, so I have to make my own. I've always had to, like, make my own path. Um, so I just kind of did that. And, like, I was at the – I was uh, I had the privilege of being, like, I have the time to do this, especially with COVID. Like, um, I had the time to sit back and be like, okay, well, I don't know if you know this, but I used to do, like, a meal kit company, like, in early COVID. Um, and, yeah, I was like, well, no one's doing plant-based meal kits, so, like, why can't I do that? And, like, I have the privilege of being like, well, the worst that happens is, like, I just lose this money and like, I'm not like, I haven't like lost my shirt. Like I'm still good. You know, mm-hmm. I can still, I still have a home and like, you know, I'm okay. So I have the privilege of like seeing the failure and like, I think failure is like a big part. Like you have to be okay with that, that risk of like, this could work out or this could totally fail. And I feel like throughout COVID, like, I don't know what it is, but everything I've done has like somewhat failed to a certain degree. And I feel like the no bone stuff is just kind of working now, but still, at the back of my head, I'm like, one day this is going to fail, you know? And that's why I just keep working every day to, like, try and make it not mm-hmm. fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a good goal. Yeah. <laughs> that consistency piece, though, right? We talked about that. It's just consistently showing up for it not to fail. So yeah. I get that for sure. With, like, the failure thing, was that something, like, I mean, growing up in a household of entrepreneurs, like, was it encouraged to like put yourself out there and be okay with failure like where did that come from you think for yourself because I don't think that's a normal thing I think a lot a a lot of uh, people get held back by that failure or that fear of failure that keeps them from even exploring um, options that are even possible for themselves for sure yeah I mean my parents like I grew up in a house for like I mean I I have three other siblings and I would say two of them are very like book smart like did very well in school whereas me and my other brother are very much not smart in that way like and my parents were always like we don't care what you get in school just like as long as you try your hardest Um, and I think that's where that comes from like just try your hardest and yeah the worst thing that can happen like my dad would always say yeah what's the worst that can happen like you know you lose a little bit of money but at least you tried versus like you didn't try anything and you're just sitting at home like staring at the wall you know Um, or doing a job that you just absolutely despise yeah and like again i have the privilege to be like well i'm gonna try this meal kit thing out oh this didn't really work all right i'm gonna pivot and try something else and then something else and then something else and i also have the luxury that my business is so small that 
it's not like um, some big empire that can just get shut down. Like mm-hmm. that can't get shut down tomorrow. Right. Like it's just me really. So if I want to do something else tomorrow, it's that's fine. Which is cool. There's some freedom to that. Yeah, for sure. So the planted fork, I don't really know much about that. What what was that? So that was uh that started in like 2018. I I just wanted to take my like social media game like more seriously cuz I'd seen mostly my brother and his partner find like a lot of success on the internet. Um and I was like, "Well, why can't I do this?" And to this day I still think I'm like 2 years like too late. Um but I'm still trying. Uh so I started that planted fork just because the planted fork name was taken on Instagram. And I wanted to just be like food education. Like I'd got a job with President's Choice Cooking School and I started teaching classes on my own. Um, And I was like, well, this needs a space for like my classes to live, but also for me to like post recipes and like cool stuff that I want to do with food. Um, And yeah, I just called it that just because I don't know. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to use my name. Um, And it was that planted fork for a long time, even throughout COVID. I was like, well, I'll pivot and do these meal kits under that same name because I had like 5,000 followers on Instagram. Um, and then I'll pivot again and do prepared meals at the market and um, just kind of kept pivoting and it just kind of get kept getting confusing. Mm-hmm. And people were like, well, what does the Planet Fork even do? Like, I don't know what they do. So then like, yeah, a couple months ago, I was like, well, I'm going to change the name, start a new Instagram account, a new website and call that No Bones Kitchen and just do like snacks. And like at the time we were like wholesaling our frozen sausage rolls and wholesaling like three or four dips. And I was like, well, that's where this stuff can live. Like basically the stuff I do at the farmer's market and then keep the planted fork Instagram because it had grown to like 10,000 followers and use that as a platform to like educate and work with brands and, um, and that's Fraser cooks. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the death of that planted fork. <laughs> no. And I, I like it cause I, now that you you talk through it, it makes sense. It makes more sense to me because I was looking at your website and looking at um, like the Instagram page and and all that stuff, and it's great. And now it makes sense. Like the Fraser Cooks is more of your education platform where you're putting out content. Like I, I you know I was watching some of the tips that you give and like your YouTube channel, like going through the tips as well as um, you know I know you have like eBooks and like different recipe books. And then um, the the No Bones is more of like your physical products now that people can like actually consume. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I always see like, I don't know, to some degree I'm like a big picture thinker, but I'm also not like, I think like my end goal with food is to like, I don't know, this is pretty like out there, but like, I think like I want there to be like a plant-based like culinary school where like everyone that's plant-based or interested can go and like, and it's actually like legit, like you can go there and actually work in the food business, not just like take it for fun or start a blog or whatnot. But Mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot of people in the plant-based world that want to cook or they open a restaurant and it fails because they don't have that background knowledge. They're just like a fan of, they're like a home cook and they're like, Oh, I'll do this. Like everyone says I'm a good cook, but you don't have like the business sense or, you know, don't know anything about like scaling a recipe or anything like that. And you just get Mm -hmm. stressed out and it just fails. And, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's where I see, like, that's kind of why I've dis- divided them. Cause like the Fraser cooks, I see kind of leaning that into like the education side of things. And then the no bones can just kind of live on its own. And like, if that shuts down one day or if that opens a storefront, like that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you do like, um, like cooking classes. I think you guys just recently did one at grain and grit, correct? Yeah. Is that under like no bones or is that more Fraser cooks style? Cause it's more of like an education thing. Is that, yeah. It's kind of confusing. Like sometimes I'll post on both accounts. 
um, just because the reach is so much bigger on the on the bigger account. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that was like kind of my Fraser Cook side. Like I'll send that through that on the Eventbrite. It'll just all be about me and yeah. Um, I talk about the other business, but it's more so like I'm here to teach you how to cook like vegan cheese, for example. And mm-hmm. yeah, those are super fun. Yeah, do you enjoy doing that? Yeah, that's definitely like like before COVID, like that's kind of all I did was for a year there. I was just t- teaching cooking classes and mm-hmm. I was like kind of a personal chef to some people. But yeah, that was amazing. Like that was easy in a sense where like food business is so hard, like to sell products and sell like a menu is like there's not a lot of financial success in that. Whereas with the cooking classes, you're teaching someone how to cook. You're also making a lot more money, which is not obviously the end goal, but like everyone needs to get paid. And that's something that I, it took me a while to learn. Mm-hmm. When I started the cooking classes, I did, was doing sliding scale because I just want to make it accessible to everyone. And like, if you only have five bucks, like, you know, everyone needs to learn, especially those people that are like going to like the food banks or the community fridges. Like they don't have money to go to a $50 cooking class, you know, but they are still in need of learning how to cook. So, but then I was like, well, I'm not making any money doing this and I can't pay my bills. So then I kind of put that on pause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing. I, I feel like I feel that a lot here. Um, cause we want to help everyone too, but you're right. Like what I've learned opening a business is like, you need to make money in order to help people in order to stay alive as a business. So you have to do that. And I think one way that, you know, we try to do it, and I think we have a bigger vision of how this develops is like, as we grow as a business and we can sustain ourselves financially, we then have the freedom to offer more low barrier entry or free options in which we can educate people and help people um, get the information that they need that might not be able to access it because of a financial means. And I think that's a beautiful thing about social media. Um, You know, you put out a ton of free content on social media that people can go and consume and learn. You know, maybe it's not as in-depth as it would be to go into like a cooking class, but they're still able to learn through your social media for free, right? So I think there's a lot of power to like, like you're saying, the internet and the social media side of things to to reach and help people on that for level. For sure, for sure. And that's something like, yeah, uh, that's something I've been trying to do a lot is just like network with other business owners and be like, because a lot of the times I feel like, like a lot of people in life got like this handbook that like just has all the answers <laughs> and it just it just seems like they're just doing everything right. And I'm like, dude, like, give me that handbook, you know? Yeah, I, when, didn't, I you, didn't get that handbook. <laughs> I was going to say, if you find that handbook, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, another thing I want to do is, like, yeah, like, I, I don't know if you know, but I helped start the Community Fridges in Hamilton. And it's such a struggle to get a business to host a fridge because it's not, unless they own the building, it's no problem. But, like, because they rent the building, it's, like, it's not their land. So to get someone to agree is, like, such a pain in the ass. But it's, like, it's such a need like these fridges are empty every day and like I was chatting with someone the other day and I was like dude like why can't like Lobos just like go to these fridges and just fill them up every week like they just throw this shit out you know pay someone 20 bucks an hour to drive a truck down to these fridges and just like fill it up you know who cares it's like there's so much red tape in like the corporate world it's like such a shame yeah and I mean I think that comes back to no sorry go ahead no I was just going to say, I think that comes back to like you talking about being a small business and be able to move more freely. It's like, it's tough. To it's t- so I, tough. I could imagine it being tough in a, in a big structure like that to have something get done like that. However, I, I don't think that should be, uh, you can't use that as an excuse. I think like if it's something that a bigger company is thinking about, then they'll find a way for to sure. do it. So I think you can only use that for an, ex- an excuse for so long, yeah, in, my, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. 
No, I think it's great. The accessibility, I know from my perspective, like teaching people how to cook, eating more vegetables, et cetera. We would just build such more healthy communities, I think, to make that accessible to kids and, you know, in different socioeconomic um, situations. So I think I think that's really important and really great as well. Yeah. It's not easy for sure. Yeah. I can only imagine um yeah that that part of it yeah i used to teach kids classes um at the casual gourmet in westdale mm-hmm. uh and it was crazy because like i was expecting kids to show up that were like 12 and the kid was like three and four year olds mm-hmm. it was like basically like daycare <laughs> um but it was that's fine but like yeah i just want like one kid to like come to a class and be like stoked on food and be like oh like i'm gonna learn to cook and like i want to i have an interest and like I don't care if I'm that person that inspires them, but like, I feel like nowadays a lot of kids just like, regardless of their background, it's just like Uber Eats, DoorDash, McDonald's. It's like, there needs to be something else in there to be like, no, why don't you just like buy a bag of onions and like some potatoes and like learn how to like cook a meal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that comes to the education thing. It's like people don't know yeah. how. People and it's not in schools or anything. And it's overwhelming. I can, hundred like, percent. You know, I'm not, I'm not the, uh, the best cook, and I, and I probably could learn a little couple skills from you. But it's, it's, it's overwhelming when you're like trying to process everything if you don't know how to do it. And so it's easier just be like, all right, Uber yeah. eats. You know, like it's easier to do that. So I think continuing to educate and show people that it's not as complex as people make it seem to one eat healthy but also make the food really good that might lead to more people deciding to do that versus uber eats for sure cool what do you find is like a tough like from an education standpoint what have you found like people who want to become more plant-based struggle with like the most making that change uh that's interesting because i always like at the start of every class i say like this is like a safe space, like, and like, I mean that in a sense that like, it's very like non-judgmental. Like, I feel like the vegan space is specifically is very judgy. I think it's changing a little bit, but I think like they can just go down your throat and just like, and I'm just like, not that person. Like, yeah, like I said earlier, like, I don't care if you're vegan or vegetarian or eat meat every day. It's like, it doesn't matter to me. What's important is like, you're here in this class to learn and you know, that's step one. Um, so I think the biggest challenge is like getting them in the door and yeah, I mean like guys love their like chicken wings and beer. So it's like, it's hard to get the guys in the door, the women and like everyone else is easy, but like, yeah, the males are tough, but that's why I try and make food. That's like, you know, it doesn't really matter that it's plant-based, it's just delicious. And, uh, yeah, I mean, coming at it from like a what is physically difficult as a new to plant based is more like depends on your kind of setup. But for me, it was it was extremely easy. Like my sister went vegetarian in high school, and uh, I'm a triplet, so it's we're very close. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, she went vegetarian in high school, so we were kind of surrounded by that for a while, and then kind of me and my other triplet brother went vegetarian on the same day, and then my mom went pescatarian so she eats fish and then kind of like overnight everyone in my family went vegan which is kind of weird like super unique and that's a big barrier is like social settings and family scenarios where like mm-hmm. you're at i don't know mother's day brunch and you're like oh mom like i'm vegan by the way and she's like what you can eat cheese right you can eat fish and it's like no i can't um 
and that's huge. And then I feel like a lot of the times people are just like, oh, whatever, I'll eat, I'll eat whatever this time. And that's fine. Like, I don't want people to feel guilty for like, you know, oh, I went to A&W last night because I had like a few beers and had a burger. It's like, who cares? Yeah. You know, that's not the biggest battle. The bigger battle is like, I want people to buy tofu once a week and, you know, eat that and buy a can of beans, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's more important than like being a militant vegan and being like, oh, well, you ate cheese today? Like you're a piece of shit, you know, like that's Mm. not, that's not going to win anyone over. No. Mm -mm. What about you, D? I know you work a lot with obviously people from a nutrition standpoint, and I know you see a wide variety of, of clients, some that are vegetarian, some that aren't, some that probably want to have more plants in their, their diet. How have you, what have you found to be a little challenging and, and how do you help people navigate that? Yeah, I think from my perspective, and I think you touched on it as well, it's just consistency and it's baby steps, right? Like you're not going to get somebody that doesn't eat a vegetable to eat eight servings of vegetables per day. Like it's just not going to happen that way. So I think it's just small steps, consistency, no judgment. And then again, just educating, just saying why plants are important, you know, from a health perspective anyways. Um, So yeah, just that conversation Right. And then, you know, because you're a cook, giving them some examples of how to make those things a little bit more appealing. I think a lot of people think like raw vegetables, it's the only way to go or for sure, um, you know, it's like another side of broccoli every night. But there's other ways to enjoy more of a plant based diet that is uh, appealing to your palate. And again, it doesn't have to be every single meal. It can just be whatever you're ready for. For right? sure. So that's kind of yeah. my stance on on that. Yeah. And when I just before COVID, I was doing personal chefing a little bit. Like I had like four clients and uh, I would go into their homes and like cook them meals for like every single lunch for the week, every single dinner, package it up. And that's expensive. But like if you have the means, like that's like a no brainer. Like if you want to eat whatever diet, you know, like there's people out there that will cook for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's my goal. Yeah, that's my goal too because like <laughs> i i just don't i just don't enjoy cooking really to be honest and so and i just see it more as like fuel like yeah. fuels my day fuels my training all that kind of stuff it's like if i could open my fridge and it was all packaged up there and i knew what i was getting that's that's the goal to get to that point mm-hmm. yeah. well even as a dietitian like i enjoy cooking when i have time but it's not my favorite like i much rather you know do something else so I appreciate that. That's also my goal. A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple rapid fire questions for you. What is your favorite local like plant-based restaurant? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, it's tricky. How local are we going? Like Toronto or Hamilton? Let's keep it like Hamilton okay. area. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I really like Sweet Beats. Like the guy Mike, he, I have a like. I get more attached to like the people behind the business, and Mike like really helped me out at the start of COVID. Like I made my meal kits in his kitchen. Would bring everything there at like six a.m. Make everything, deliver it same day. Um, so if he wasn't around, like I wouldn't have a business. Um, so I really like him. He's on Ottawa Street. Um, to be honest, I really like. Uh, there's a place on, I think Main Street called Mimi's Asian Gourmet. It's right beside Vintage Coffee. It's like amazing. I think it's the same owners that own Little Asia in Dundas. Mm. Um, it's not all plant-based, but they have a lot of like plant-based options, which is great. I find 
I, we always lean towards like the restaurants that are like not necessarily plant-based, but they have really good options. Like mm-hmm. we live beside like Shorty's Pizza, so we go there a lot or yeah, those three I'd probably say. What about you? Do you have one? I don't really have one. Yeah. I mean, I live close to Lock Street, so there's a bunch of like vegan and vegetarian options there. Um, they just open planted on Lock Street. So I think they're a little bit more kind of bigger chains, I would I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been there. My yet. friend owns a pasta shop on Lock Street. Oh, okay, nice. Pasta Mercado, you should check it out. Okay. Oh, I've heard of that place. It's very good. Yeah. yeah? Okay, cool. I will, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I feel embarrassed because I don't really have a favorite one. I cook a lot, so I, I think I just don't go, don't, don't go feel out enough. I don't the know. sun's shining, so I guess I need to I don't take have a stroll one. down Lock Street. I don't have one either, so okay. I got I to gotta start dabbling a little bit more. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't order out that often. Yeah. Um, yeah, I usually bring stuff home from work. Mm-hmm. Okay, favorite local like brewery? You just talked about being at Fairweather, yeah. Fairweather. Um, I mean, that was my first experience working with Fairweather, and again, I get so attached to like the business owners behind it. Mm-hmm. So I love like Grain and Grit. Yeah, Lindsay um, and Joe. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like so nice and yeah. so supportive, and their beer is good. Um, yeah, I'd say those two probably. Yeah. We had Lindsay on the podcast. I think she was like our second interview. Oh, sick. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Nice. I know <laughs> I've asked you this question before. Do you remember what I said? You said shit. Did you not? Huh? No? No. I would say fair. I like fair weather a lot, and I ah, like grain and grit, too. Yeah. I like the atmosphere in those, those Such two places. Such a vibe, yeah. Like it is It is. There's good energy in those those places, so I'm, yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, okay. I didn't yeah. remember. Yeah, whatever. I'm not a massive drinker, but I do enjoy um I do enjoy fair weather. And then if I was to get like a lager, I really like Shed's lager. It's very good. Yeah, I did a pop up there like three, four years ago. It was for Save Our Scruff, like the dog rescue. Mm-hmm. And that was my first time there. It's like a n- really nice space. Mm-hmm. But I always forget about it because we don't live in Dundas. You coffee guy? Uh I used to be. I drink I quit coffee last week. For how long? <laughs> uh, Forever? Yeah, that's the plan. Okay. Yeah. I did 30 days. Week, I did 30 though. days. Uh, to be fair, I got a decaf cappuccino today. And that was really nice. And I took a sip of my partner's coffee. Oh, you're so, breaking off. So you kind of already broke. <laughs> and I drink like three cups of matcha every day. <laughs> okay. so like, But what before, I, when I drank, I used to love coffee. Yeah. Okay. What was your fa- one of your favorite spots? I know there's a lot. In Cafes. Um, I really like, uh, well, Salty Espresso. Oh yeah, we they shut to, down. We talked to um, oh, Dahlia. Dahlia, she was she's an awesome. She's amazing. Oh, she did yeah. all my branding for No Bones Kitchen. Uh, I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's like she's the nicest awesome. person. So I really love that. Um, I really love Detour across the street. Um, and then like in my area, uh, Cannon Coffee is really good, or like Ottawa Market. Like again, Justin owns that, um, and Dundurn Market and Strathcona Market. And again, he was another guy that like put me on like just trusted me and was like like here like the cafe is closed like you know come teach cooking classes after hours and i was like all right yeah so Mm -hmm. that's cool i like canon too do you what about you um i always forget this coffee shop it's not dundurn durand thank you oh durand that's amazing yeah Durand's amazing. i like durand a lot and i like the vibe in there as well so i would say that one cool yeah um just a quick note about Canon Coffee. Mm-hmm. At the start of the pandemic, I think his name's Peter. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while. I don't know if he still works there, but he was doing live streams on Instagram. And, like, he changed my life. Like, after I watched his live streams, I bought a scale. I bought, like, all this coffee stuff. And that's what really got me into coffee. Cool. Yeah. You can go down that rabbit hole, man. It's it's a, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. It's endless. Yeah. 
Um, what's your favorite way to stay like active in the local community? Um, so yeah, I was saying earlier, like fit for less gym. I go there like three times a week. I signed up for a race, the Sulphur Spring Race. Nice, good um, job. So I'm kind of getting back into running. A lot running is very much love hate with me. Uh, I rock climb. I'm pretty big into like gravel biking as well. Oh, cool. Um, nice. That's kind of it, and like snowboarding and stuff like that. Yeah. What uh, or what are you doing at Sulphur? Which just the 10k. 10K. Just uh, the 10k. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sound as good as 20, but or <laughs> 50 or 100. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's my first race like ever. So. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I was uh, we'll see. I was supposed to do the Sulphur 50, but I'm dealing with a little bit of an injury, so I might have to back off and do maybe the 20 or defer it. I don't know. We'll see. Cool. But, but maybe I'll see you there. I've been signed up for Around the Bay for three years, for two years, and they kept, like, canceling it because right, of COVID. Right, right. And then last year, I was like, I can't train for this. I'm just starting my business. like. Yeah. So I just got my medal and moved on. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, D? How do you like to stay active? Oh, my goodness. Um, I also have a love-hate with running. Um, right now it's more of a hate than a love, but because of the weather's changing, it, it's definitely easier to get out. So I did go yesterday. I'm trying to do a race, but I'm more of the like 5k kind of, <laughs> kind of run. That's great. Um, and then I mountain bike. So hopefully get into, oh, get yeah. back into that yeah, yeah. soon. So I'm stoked about that. So I want to get into mountain biking. Yeah. But I just bought a gravel bike and I can't afford it. It's, ex- it's an expensive sport. I mean, yeah. everything is, I guess, once you kind of get into That's why into I haven't gotten into it yet. I know. I'm scared. You, I know. Because I know I'll really like it. And there is a difference, right? Like, equipment does make a difference. And I just need to need to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, one thing. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, who's one person you think we should have on the podcast that would be good? Um, everyone at the farmer's market. <laughs> Literally, yeah, like, go vendor by vendor. Um, yeah. The guy across from me, Joshy. He's amazing, super like helpful and nice. Like I find that so rare and like he's a little bit older, like he's in his 40s and I don't know, I found there's something about like those old school like cooks that are just like kind of dicks and he's super nice. Mm. Um, Mystic Ramen, Noah and Heather are like so nice and ne- ho- Heather's like very chatty. Noah's like kind of quiet, but he's like the chef and Noah's, or Heather's like front of house. But, but yeah, those two, great example. Cool. Yeah, is that where you guys know? Is this because is Stash at the farmers market? No, I know her through my partner's sister oh, Michelle. Okay. okay, they went to high school together. Yeah, um, I think Stash is out of the Kitchen Collective. That's right. You're yeah. that's correct. Yeah. Okay, um, last question that we'd like to ask everyone is: What does Move Local mean to you? Um, great question. I think uh, I'm a big fan of like being involved with the community. So, a big part of why I like rock climbing is like. Yeah, it's a workout, but also, like, you're hanging out with your friends. And, like, that's what I don't like about going to the gym is, like, I don't know anyone there. So moving with, like, your friends, going on bike rides with, like, a like a bike crew is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just getting out there and, like, moving in, like, any way that you can. Like, I was also pre-pandemic. I was in, like, a bunch of run groups. Um, like, Lower City is a great run group. Mm-hmm. Very supportive. Ward 3 is great. Um, just, like, being out with, like, a group of people I think is so missed from COVID. Like... There was a while there where, like, I don't know, I just see, like, my partner and my dog every day, and it's like, dude, I need to get out of the house, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Why don't you leave where people can find, like, your Instagram, um, website, wherever else you're putting content out? Sure. My Instagram is Fraser Cooks, and then also on TikTok, Fraser Cooks. I'm trying to pop off on TikTok. We'll see if that works. You start dancing? Nah, just cooking stuff. All right. 
And then uh, at Eat No Bones is like our market stall. We're in the Hamilton Farmer's Market, the lower level across from Joshie's Good Eats. And uh, yeah, we're there Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday from 9 to 4. And we're on Skip the Dishes. Please order on Skip. Love it. Yeah. Fraser, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. It was a great conversation. Um, It's so fun for me now that we've been doing this podcast for a little while is to see like the connections between all the different people we've talked to. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to start this podcast was... There's a lot of awesome people in the Hamilton Dundas area that are doing stuff like that you're doing. Um, and to hear you talk about working with grain and grit and, you know, knowing stash co and like just to start to see the connections between all the people we've talked to uh, just makes me super happy. So appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks for the invite.